Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Liberated Woman podcast. I'm your host, Shanee. I'm a rebirthing breathwork facilitator, ancestral healer, and spiritual guide, and it's my life's mission to support women just like you on your path to spiritual awakening and feel safe in doing so. This podcast is for you to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your consciousness, and reclaim the truth of who you really are. If you know that you are ready for more and want to stop playing small and take radical responsibility for your healing, expansion, and liberation so that you can live your life in your highest pleasure, you've come to the right space. Each episode, you will receive a deepening of your feminine wisdom so that you can be reminded of the magic and power that already lives in you. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode five of the Liberated Women podcast. I'm so happy that you are tuning in once again for your weekly dose of feminine wisdom. Today, we are going to dive right in to what are the sisterhood wounds, how to heal them and reclaim your witchy magic. And this is one of my favorite topics to talk about when it comes to the feminine awakening journey. Because if you are a woman listening to this podcast, then you have experienced the sisterhood wound, even if you didn't know the name of it. It's everywhere. The sisterhood wound is everywhere. You only have to turn on the television to see shows like Love Island and Love is Blind, where they are pitting women against one another in the bids to find the perfect man. And the man is choosing that woman and the woman is outsourcing her power to the masculine in that space to win his love and affection. And in order to do that, she is pitting herself and competing against other women in that scenario. We've seen it a million times. When you look at adverts on TV that are saying, if you just get this particular brand of makeup, or if you buy this extra special toilet roll, you will have something that your friend, neighbor, cousin, whoever does not have. And once again, you are being put into a position of competing with other women around you. You've probably seen it if you are a mother in the school playground when women are saying, well, my child is already reading and writing and my child is already on level five of the books or whatever it is that they're talking about. And you feel once again that you are placed in some kind of competition with other women, even in a place like the school playground. You've probably noticed it in your workplace at the gym, in the bar, at the club, in the pub. It happens everywhere. But how did we get here? How did we get to a place where women are competing with other women, where women mistrust other women, where women are acting out of the wounded feminine, which is something that I deeply dove into in the last episode, I think it was episode three I spoke about this. How did we get here? You know, there used to be a time when women gathered in sacred space, where women gathered in circle, where we were under the rule of the matriarch, where the matriarchy 
was the ruling force of our society where nature was truly listened to where the feminine was revered and was holy and was sacred where the goddess was worshipped where our cycles were listened to and honored where we understood the ways of the land we understood what nature was trying to tell us and how to work more deeply with nature. We were less separate from nature, which is the feminine, Mother Earth, the feminine of the land. We were less separate from the earth and from the feminine, and we were more symbiotic with the seasons, with how to grow our own food, with how to follow the stars for navigation, with how to really deeply commune with the feminine. And at that time when women gather together in these sacred circles, in these sacred spaces, where they would hold counsel with one another, they would share wisdom with one another, they would listen to one another and hold ritual and ceremony for one another, this meant that women had power and they had agency and they had voice. And we all know that when women have power and agency and voice, this is a direct threat to the patriarchy. It's a direct threat to the patriarchy. And it was feared. The feminine is so powerful the force of the feminine is so immense. The feminine is so vast that she creates a wave wherever she goes and the patriarchy fears this because they don't know how to control that. And we know that for centuries and centuries, since the dawn of time, power and control has been at the forefront of society. It's what forms all the hierarchical structures. It's what forms, you know, value systems. It's what forms communities. It's what forms societies. It's what forms royalty. And with this direct threat to the patriarchy, women's gatherings, women's circles, women's councils were demolished dissolved, shamed, and they were brought to the forefront of people's collective consciousness during the witch hunts. Now, witch hunts, although we may not being may not be being dunked in the river or hung or burnt alive at the stake anymore, metaphorically, the witch hunts are still taking place. Let me give you some examples of this. You only have to open your social media to see that women are trolling other women online, that women are putting other women down, that women are tearing other women down. You only have to open your social media to see in the coaching industry or in the healing industry or in the spiritual community, which is supposed to be about empowering women, which is supposed to be about giving women 
agency and voice and is supposed to be about giving women back their sovereignty within that sphere i have seen multiple times women tearing other women down playing out their wounded feminine playing out their insecurities playing out their jealousy playing out their need to feel hierarchical with more power than the other woman. And this is happening even within a community that is meant to be promoting the healing and the empowerment of women. And I'm calling it out. You only have to go to the school playground to see it happening amongst young girls. When I was younger at primary school, there were these two girls that were, you know, the popular girls in the class. There's always those popular girls, you know, and they, they're always very beautiful and the boys love them and they're always amazing at sport and they're great at school and they get good grades and they're just all around superstars. The teachers love them, all the kids love them, the parents love them, but those girls often feel like they have some sort of power or status or dominion over the other girls in the class. And this is what happened to me when I was at primary school. There were these two girls that I I was friends with, or you know, I thought I was friends with them. We used to go to ballet classes together. And I actually hated going to ballet classes. It's It definitely was not for me. I'm not poised. I'm not graceful. I have dyspraxia. So I find coordinating myself really difficult. I have wild curly hair that is not meant to be tamed into a slick bun like all the other girls with their long straight blonde hair that went to ballet classes. And every week, excuse me, every week, <clears throat> I would go to ballet class with these two girls. And to support our mums, we would go to each other's houses before we went to ballet class. <coughs> Excuse me. And we would take it in turns to go to each other's houses. I find it interesting that I'm even coughing, talking about it, because it's obviously bringing up some of the trauma that I experienced in this story that I'm about to share with you. <coughs> So we would go to each other's houses and often they would team up against me and I would find myself in some kind of situation where I either felt left out <clears throat> or I felt like I was being put down or I felt like I was being judged um, and I just wasn't really part of their little clique or their little group. And I'll never forget that one time we went to one of their houses to hang out, play, have dinner before we went to ballet class. And we played hide and seek. We must've been about eight years old. We played hide and seek. And they said to me, you go and hide somewhere in the attic, you know, in the loft area and we'll come and find you. And so I went and hid behind the sofa in the attic, you know, thinking it was a really cool place to hide, thought they'd never find me up there. They knew where I was. They came upstairs and they pushed the sofa so far against the wall that I was trapped behind the sofa. They switched the lights off and they left the room and they shut the door. And I was eight years old, trapped behind the sofa, in the attic, scared, worried, 
and wondering why they were doing this to me, why they had teamed up, giggling, laughing, being mean to me and putting me behind that sofa. And no wonder I was starting to cough as I was telling you this story because it clearly has a cellular memory in my body. This wasn't the only thing they did to me. These sorts of things occurred quite often. And I often felt like they were pitting against me. Like they were always trying to be together and do things against me. And it felt horrible. And yet I was so deeply in my wounded feminine. You know, I was a little eight-year-old girl. I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted to have friends. I wanted to look like all the other girls at ballet with their sleeked back hair. And I wanted to experience the same as them. I wanted to be part of the cool gang. And I just wasn't. And I didn't value my own uniqueness at that point. I didn't value my own wildness, my cool curly hair, my my looks that were different to them, my brown eyes and my dark skin and my my kind of Middle Eastern wildness. I couldn't embrace it because that's not what seemed the way to fit in with that group of girls. Now, later on in my adult life, I was applying for some jobs in teaching and I just found out that I didn't get through the second stage of a teaching interview. I was devastated. I was actually distraught because I really thought that this was the school that I wanted to work at at the time. And that night I had a very vivid dream. I have dreams very, very often because I'm oracular and I'm psychic. So I do a lot of my my work, so to speak, my clearing during my dreamscape. But that's a whole other podcast episode. So that night I went to sleep and I had this dream that those two girls got the job over me. And neither of them were teachers. Neither of them had the qualifications that I had. Neither of them had the experience I had. And yet somewhere deep in my subconscious, I still believed that they were better than me. And we are talking like 23 years down the line from that story I told you about where I hid behind the sofa in the attic and they locked me behind the sofa, they locked me in the bedroom. And so I'll never forget in my cellular memory how that felt. And I was obviously clearing that through my dream because when I woke up, you know, sweating and panicking and I realized the message that was behind that dream, I was then able to clear part of that sisterhood wound, but it lives in your soma, it lives in your cellular system. The witch trials were there to stop women from growing and evolving and expanding into their power and gaining momentum as a sacred gathering of women who had so much wisdom and knowledge and gnosis. They were the doulas, the midwives, the herbalists. They were the women who knew how to work with the land. They were the women who had very strong intuition. They were the deep wisdom keepers. These are women that fortunately now we are starting to honor again. We're starting to revere again. Women are starting to understand the the importance of these types of women now back in our society. But at the time of the witch trials, these women were seen as a threat to the patriarchy. 
And, you know, if you were living in a village where you might be accused of being a witch, you would more than likely snitch on a witch and dob your sister in, in order for you to survive, in order for you to stay safe, in order for you to be spared from the torture and the the death, the, the, the thousands and thousands of women that died during this time. And so in the collective consciousness of women lives a deep mistrust of the feminine. Not just the masculine that we mistrust, many women mistrust the feminine. Maybe you are somebody that has found it really difficult to be in big groups of women or really trust other women. Maybe you've been on the other end of you know, gossiping from other women or being put down or torn down by other women or being bullied by other women in the way that I described to you with my story. And so sisterhood as it was, those gathering of those women, the council, this was stolen and abolished and dissolved because it became too dangerous really for women to continue gathering in the way that they once had. And so this has lived on in our collective consciousness and the sisterhood wound remains something that most women experience throughout their lifetime. Until they start to self-actualize, until they start to understand their own self-worth, until women start to really tune into their own intuition, their own gnosis, their own wisdom, their own liberation, and know that, hey, actually, women are here to be celebrated. We're not here to tear each other down. We are not here to compete against one another. We are here to support and hear, listen, witness, honor, and celebrate one another. I'm going to put a big ah at the end of that because that is my true mission, that all women be truly seen, heard, and witnessed without the judgment, without the tearing down, without the gossip. Stay in your own lane and support one another. We are so much more powerful and magical when we do that. And when we start to reclaim the sacredness around sisterhood, when we start to fully rewrite that script at a cellular level within our bodies, there is so much magic that can happen in that space. We get to support each other's dreams. We get to feel safe. We get to feel held. We get to feel understood and revered and honored for the incredible beings that we are, for the witches that we are, for the magic that we hold inside of ourselves, the creation. And now is the time to be reclaiming and healing that sisterhood wound. 
And there are so many ways that you can start working on healing this wound. So if you are someone that thinks, oh yeah, this is making a lot of sense. I hear what you're saying. I've definitely been in that space. I've certainly, either I've been the person who is causing another sister to feel bad, or I've been at the other end of that and I've been the victim of a woman who has torn me down and gossiped about me and spread rumors and snitched on me. You know, you hear it at schools, in schools all the time. Any of you that have um, children, I've certainly heard it in my many years um, as a teacher. I've heard it so many times, you know, girls who have been bullied, who have been torn down, and they're so scared to name the people who are bullying them or being mean to them because they are then accused of being a snitch. And so they suppress it and they shut it down and they remain silent and they're too scared to speak out. And that sisterhood wound lives so deeply within them that that's going to play out in other situations later on. That is going to play out in their future relationships, in future friendships, in the workplace, with their own children. This leaves a legacy. This leaves a mark. It is uh, a mark that lives deep in the cellular system. And it's only when we start to understand that we've been living in this collective consciousness of the mistrust of the feminine, that we get to bring that up to the surface to be witnessed, that we get to bring that up to be healed. I'll never forget in one of my uh, ceremonies that I was in, I remember feeling this, I was going on a shamanic journey and I remember feeling this really sharp stab in my left foot and I yelled out and the shaman that was holding the ceremony for me at the time, the journey for me at the time, she said to me, who did this to you, Shani? Who did this to you? And I couldn't see it in my vision. I wasn't really sure. But all I said out loud was, I don't know who did this to me, but I know it was a woman. And I remember yelling it out and the pain that I felt of another woman betraying me or hurting me was so much deeper. It cut me so much deeper than any betrayal I have ever experienced from the masculine. Because if we don't feel safe around other women and we don't feel held and heard, how are we supposed to continue to create the sacred? How are we supposed to revere the sacred? How are we supposed to connect to other women in a, in a way that is holy and whole? And then how are we supposed to pass that on to our future generations and our community and our family and our other sisters? And so now is the time to reclaim and heal the sisterhood wound. And there are ways that you can do that. One of the most beautiful ways that you can do that, of course, is coming to sit in a women's circle. And as you know, I hold these once a month in Norwich, in Norfolk, in the UK, but I also hold them online. And I'm sure that you can find them in your area too, if you are listening from somewhere else. Women's circles have got to be the number one way to come into right relation with other women in a space that is so held, so nourished and so safe if the facilitator who is creating that space also holds that space in that way. And that is something that is really important to me. And I'm going to do a whole other podcast episode on that because to be in a space that's not held can make you feel just as unsafe. And so when I hold women's circles, I really make sure that every woman that walks into my circle feels held and safe from the very beginning 
that I know their name, that I know that I've communicated with them in advance what they need to bring, what to expect in the space. And then when they do come and sit in the circle, everybody has a chance to be heard. There is no chitter chatter. It's not interrupting one another. It's not a conversation. We are there to be held in a ceremony, in a ritual, in a council that allows women to go on a deep transformational journey to be witnessed by their sisters. Because there is something very vulnerable about being witnessed in that space by other women. And when you are able to to allow yourself to be vulnerable in that space, it gives permission for all the other women in the circle to share in their vulnerability. And when we get to that space and women feel safe to do that and to share things that are deeply in their heart, sitting in their womb, maybe things they've not expressed for a very long time or ever expressed at all, and they get to use their voice to do that, which is part of the reclamation of the sisterhood wound, right? Getting to use your voice, like not shutting it down, like the girls at school who are too scared to tell the teacher who is bullying them because they don't want to be called the snitch. No, in this space, you get to heal through the power of your voice and you get to heal by being heard and you get to heal by being witnessed. And the most powerful and potent part of it is that whatever you share in the circle, somebody is going to resonate with that because we are connected by a thread. We are a collective consciousness. We are individuals that are totally interconnected with one another to a depth that we experience each other's traumas, we experience each other's joy, we experience each other's ecstasy, grief, bliss, heartache, all of it. And so women's circles are one of the most potent ways to come and do that healing. And I have seen countless women in my women's circle go on deep transformations just from one circle. They tend to come back again and again and again because the space is so healing and nourishing. And especially for women who maybe have experienced that sisterhood wound or feel like as they're going through their feminine awakening, as I mentioned in episode two, that you are looking for a different kind of space to hang out in and you're looking for different kinds of women to connect with. Women who truly get you, women who truly see you and are not going to judge you in a very open hearted space. You can also work on healing your sisterhood wound by working one-to-one with a coach or a therapist or a shamanic practitioner or a healer. Sisterhood wounding is something that I will take you through in my six-month liberated woman journey. If it's something that's happening for you, then that is something that we will uh, dive right into and tap into and work with to release the the attachments and the cords and the deep held beliefs around the mistrust of the feminine. You can also do your own self-inquiry around it, write some journal entries around it, think back to moments in your life like the one I shared with you of what happened to me when I was eight years old with the ballet girls and think about the times in your life where you have felt that you have been torn down by another woman and how that has made you feel inside or maybe the times that you've torn down another woman and also how that makes you feel inside so healing the sisterhood wound really is part of your feminine awakening journey when you start understanding that you are living in your wounded feminine then and you are on the journey to becoming a liberated woman healing the sisterhood wound is part of that journey 
And so if you are on that path and you are interested in diving deeper and you are looking for a safe space to come and do that, you can hit the link in my show notes and have book in a chemistry call with me to see how I can support you through my six month one-to-one program, The Liberated Woman. You can also come and join in a women's circle, whether it is in person and online. All the information is on my website. All the information is on my Instagram, in the link in my bio. It's in my Facebook group, The Divine School of Feminine Awakening. You can find me on multiple platforms in multiple places and you can come and be in touch. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, please come and join me and be a part of my community over there. I promise I won't spam you. I'm just going to deliver valuable content to you to support you on your journey to feminine awakening. Thank you so much for listening today. I really look forward to tuning in with you again next week for another episode of the Liberated Woman podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Liberated Woman podcast. I hope this episode has landed in your heart and activated and awakened you in some way. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and leave a review. This really helps more awakening women on their spiritual path to reach out and gives them a safe space to drop in and feel connected and empowered. I'd love to connect with you over on my IG at underscore Bella and in my Facebook group, The Divine School of Feminine Awakening. Until then, have a magical day 